0: This podcast includes unapologetic logic
1: and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. The day is finally here. Happy New Year. 2024, it's here. Exactly as planned. When I say I'm excited about this year, I mean it. I'm excited, um I mean what does the new year really mean? It's the changing of the calendar. It doesn't materially mean anything. I guess the changing of the seasons, the days are getting longer. But it just marks a point that we can say, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna establish a new starting point. And I think that opportunity to uh begin anew every year is a fantastic opportunity. I really do. It's just kind of a um a mental hack, I guess. But I do believe that the future is bright. I know that people not always agreeing with me on that. People not very optimistic about what they're saying. Look, I know there's problems. There's big problems. One of them is that there's conflict everywhere. I'm reading that North Korea is gearing up for war again. and But I, I hear a lot of hype. And there's no fire anywhere. It's like this... Um, this period of nah it's not like we're in the dark ages i think if i had to put a name on this this period in time it would nah nobody wants to do anything not even fight with each other thank goodness thank goodness at least that's not uh, happening well it is happening i guess but not on a nuclear scale or uh, you know massive fronts of war tying up millions and millions of people i guess that's kind of debatable as well isn't it but either way i'm trying to focus on the positive I know that there's these problems, there's this conflict, but listen, if you step back and you look at the problems that we're encountering right now, and I'll bet you a good number of the problems that you may be encountering in your life, I know I got plenty of those too. You know, it's easy to point the finger at the dysfunctional government. Sometimes you look at what's going on down here and you're like, geez, how do I keep this together? You ever feel like that? I gotta be careful bumping the table. Another one of my sloppy little endeavors. This isn't the best setup I realized. This table that I have here—it's a weak link in the in the recording setup here. Because if I hit the if I hit the mic like that, you get that, right? Nobody likes that. Let's put a stop to that. Anyway, you, you're saying, Chris, you didn't need to give us an example of it. Just stop doing it. Okay, got it. Got <laughs> the message. But anyway, my point is this: that all the problems that we're seeing in the world right now—they're self-made. I think a, a lot of it—you'd have to point. To the United States in, in some ways, I guess. What happened? How do we go from the, the leader of the world to arch enemy number one? I'm reading this novel right now by Jack Carr. Isn't it funny? I remember the author name. I remember the name of the book. He's wrote this series. And he's talking about inside government effort. They got this part of the plot is that they developed this pill to treat PTSD And it was this nasty side effect of it. And they're going through this whole crime scene to cover that up and push this pill through the approval process. And and the the gist of all that, what he uncovers in the book, is that this politician, this senator, is getting kickbacks. The DOD is funding, according to the book, $100 million a year for PTSD research and treatment. And this money gets pushed out to... uh, non-government organizations, you keep hearing about this, NGOs, and so $100 million a year goes out to this private company that happens to be owned by the Secretary of Defense's wife. (laughs) They get 10%. And he's explaining that this is how they get the kickback, that you can't just deliver a bag of cash to the senator. That would be illegal. But there's nothing wrong with the senator owning part of the company. I mean, think about it. If Donald Trump has a hotel in Washington, which he did, and the government uses that, are they going to pay for it? Well, of course they are. And this is what happens with government and business. People sometimes think this is strange or demonic or whatever, and it's just the natural course of things. What do you think goes on in your town? Like, who do you think the mayor of your town talks to? When he's not talking to his family or his immediate Political. He may not be talking to anybody, but I'm going to bet that in your town, that there's a business that makes up a good percentage of the town's business. Maybe it's a farm. Maybe it's a general store. This is how, a lot of times, political influence is developed. I knew a guy, a great guy, Navy veteran, was a councilman for a long time, my councilman, and that's what he did. He owned the local hardware store. That's how he got to know everybody. Everybody knew Joe. Joe was popular because he's down at the hardware store every time he needs something. Get down to the hardware store. Well, then he's going talking to Joe about the problems they're having with the traffic light and the this and the that, and they can't get the street fixed. Next thing you know, Joe's running for council. He's a great council person. Well, that's the influence of business. In that case, I thought it was all entirely positive. A guy that I have a, a high regard for. That era is largely gone. You know, we went from local boards here. I've talked about this on the podcast. I think we're seeing it at the national level. Probably everywhere it is. We go through this generational shift. People like Joe, the local businessman, on, on the board in my town right now, I'm not aware of any business owners. I take that back. The board president is partners in a business. There you go. But it's not even a local business. It's out of state, which is strange, too. Another whole phenomena. Guy lives here, but his business is up in New York. And you got to ask yourself why. Maybe to be close to his wife's family. I don't know. Not a guy that I particularly, uh, that guy is not a guy I hold in high regard. So we have one business person. My point is that these boards, they used to be heavily made up of retirees and business people. Maybe a CPA. That's good to have on your board. Somebody that understands numbers and math. You're not seeing that anymore. I'm not aware that we have any accountants on our board here. There's a couple of lawyers. And, you know, lawyers, they bring a certain value to a board for sure. But the one lawyer, I think she does, like, corporate land work or something for Verizon or cell towers or something like that. She's not in a courtroom arguing cases or litigating or you know, dealing with, with complicated issues. I don't know if that's the fairest way to say it, but this is not the kind of law that's bringing a lot of depth to the board. So you have these people that have nothing. Then they get in and there's this temptation. Hey, council person, would you like to buy into our uh, you know waterfront business opportunity? Because we're going to develop the waterfront. And if you'd like to buy some shares, I mean, we're expecting everybody who invests in this is going to make big, big money. And that's actually a great scenario right there. And here's where a lot of bitter local politics are fought out. So you got, you know, uh, Uncle John, the farmer down there, selling his waterfront property down where the cows have been grazing down by the water. They figured it would be a great place for whatever, restaurants, bars, maybe some apartments. We're not gonna talk about that though. They're gonna talk about the riverfront and the dock. It's gonna bring in boats and high net worth customers who are gonna spend, spend, spend. It's all gonna be rosy. So Uncle John the farmer, he's gonna get he wants to sell this thing, right? He's retiring. Kids doesn't want to take he's got to, and he's gonna get, you know, twelve million dollars for this ground. And him and Aunt Martha are gonna go up move upstate and retire. How many times I've seen this play out, okay? So then they gotta, they're going to sell to a developer, right? And they're going to need a lawyer, lawyers. And you'll find more than likely that in your town there's one, maybe two, maybe three. You know, there's different land use attorneys around here in our area. There's, there's more than one, but there's one that kind of handles the big stuff. And they're involved in a lot of deals, and they might be representing both parties, well, then you get the political tie. So let's just suppose you're on council, right? You're on council for your little town, and you're listening to all the complaints. You know, the police aren't doing enough to track down the lost dog, and traffic is bad up at the school, and the stop light is out down at, you know, the, the uh, main intersection in town for the umpteenth time, and why can't the uh, tax bills seem to go out on time? And, you know, when, when are they going to do the Christmas tree pickup? Because that's important. All this different mundane garbage. And you're showing up to your nightly meetings and you're listening to all this crap. Well, then Uncle Joe comes walking in, or Uncle John, whatever I said his name was. And he says, Hey there, Sonny. You know, I'm retired. I'm selling my farm. You think you could help me? Well, why? Sure, Uncle John. I'd be thrilled to see this. And maybe in the back of your mind, you say, I'd really rather not see that develop. And let me see what's going on here. He said, I'm going to introduce you to this gentleman that's been helping me. (laughs) And he says there's a problem because blah, 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 this project won't get approved unless the town does X. Oh, there it is. Really? Okay. Would the town do that? Would the board approve that? Come talk to my lawyer. So the lawyer gets hold of me and says, hey, you know, we're selling shares. I've seen this happen with so much stuff I can't begin to tell you. And you want to say it's dirty, it's sleazy, and it's how things work. People know each other. There's local opportunities, the local money drives a lot. Not always. You'll get outside money coming in. But anyway, now you say, you go home to your wife say, hey, we could buy shares in this thing. And your wife goes, well, isn't that kind of illegal if you're on the board? No, the guy's a lawyer. I asked him, he said, just, you know, we could buy a house in this town just like we did. I can buy a car. I can buy whatever I want. I'm a private citizen. Just because I'm a politician, of course there's legalities. And where he could get tied up is if he actually didn't put the money in. or it was done as a loan. That becomes a big problem. I'm not going to get into that right now. Every official, local government on up, you've got to fill out every year. Every every municipal, uh, anybody in municipal government that, who's in any kind of a, a position of management, chief of police, mayor, town manager, town accountant, all these people all have to fill out a financial disclosure every year. I'm pretty sure it's the same in every state. And one of those is they want to know who is lending you money. Money, money, money. So you'd have to disclose it all. But of course you're going to do it. The lawyer's going to, help. yeah, it's all completely legal. All right? And just so you know, you could lose your money too. No, okay. So I'm going to buy in for $10,000, and they're going to cut me whatever deal. And really, they could cut whatever deal they want. That $10,000 could turn into a million and they could put that all in writing as part of the agreement. And and hey, Mister uh, Councilman, hey, hey, uh we have you come down to the local uh, uh, businessman's luncheon down there next month and give a talk about this this great waterfront. We're we're looking for a keynote speaker. Would you be? I tell you what, it pays five thousand dollars. Would you be willing to come down? Hmm. Wait a minute. Is that legal? I can. Sure, I'm a lawyer. You go back. You check with the town lawyer. He says, yeah, you could do it. Perfectly legal. You want to add a, another degree of separation just for public scrutiny? Well, your wife is going to go down there and talk to them about this waterfront deal. Not you. It's her. Like John McCain, his wife. No, it's not me. It's my wife's is the money. John McCain sitting on the um, defense appropriations all those years. Wasn't that the committee that he was on? It makes me sick when I read this book, and there it is right in your face. This Navy SEAL knows all about it. He's writing books about it. But somehow it just goes on and on and on. And they're doing very nefarious things. He claims in the book that every politician is doing it. I don't know if I'd agree with that. But I bet you it's most. Buying stocks, insider trading. It's the easiest one. A ton of that goes on. Anyway, we're in the new year. To start this year, I want to break away from the current Lamestream media and headlines—it's all propaganda. So so bad, you can't believe it. I saw Fox News headline. Did you see all the hype leading up to New Year's for Times Square? Oh, increased threat level every year. It's the same thing. Everybody just wants to wake up to this, uh, you know, this big news story that Times Square blew up, and we get to witness all this carnage and be upset and cry and you know have a cause to to deal with and. Purpose, I guess. I don't know. This is how far moved from from reality we are. Well, anyway, then I saw. This. I woke up New Year's morning today, and I woke up late. By the way, slept in quite a bit. Not a good way to start the new year, eh? Get things in motion here. Anyway, where was I? The uh, Fox News article, New Year's morning, says mass casualties just outside of Times Square I think five people were hurt in a car crash. It's just it's just garbage all the media is just garbage and then you you know as people see in the headline they're not taking the time to read the story they get these ideas in their head and it's creating this false reality is what's happening and I can see it affecting people so I want to kind of move away from that nonsense to the degree that I can. Today, what I want to talk about is the promises that Trump is making as well as predictions for 2024, which are not good. But I'm going to give you mine because I get a little bit of positivity. Um, but the, the, the surest sign of loss in faith in our country right now is shown by people walking around with their heads down. How can you believe in the salvation of Christ, the message of Bible, also salvation, restoration? How can you believe in all that? and feel so hopeless right now. Now, it's true we take a lot of it for granted, but this struggle that we see now is an important test of our faith. And as best I can tell, we're not passing it very well. Why is that? Well, it has to start with repentance, and we're not there yet. And a big part of that repentance, I think the um, the, the uh, abortion Change was a, a, a very good step of repentance for our country still you know fighting with that right still a big political issue I guess and mark my words that the people who are fighting for abortion they're being paid to do it because it's lucrative babies a baby's like a bad marriage right if you don't want the baby you got you got an expensive problem right? People will pay a lot of money to solve that problem, and so there's money in it. Other people are even willing to pay. They hate other people so much they pay to kill their children. But anyway, uh, that, too, will be decided based on dollars. Trump did the right thing in getting that uh, away from our country, that we don't have these millions and millions of taxpayer-funded abortions. But we, this country needs to repent from this military-industrial complex, more so the intelligence agencies, I guess you could say. And there is no question in my mind, you know, the things that we did in Guatemala. It's, it's a known open story right now. Did you know this? These people coming up here from Guatemala, they go, why don't they go fix their own shithole countries? You ought to look back at the history of what we were doing in the 50s. And now you've got this new generation. They're saying, why should we sit here and take this crap deal? We're not going to put up with this anymore. I don't blame The people of Guatemala have a significant axe to grind with the United States. That we overthrew their government. Their duly elected government. Our CIA overthrew it. Now they're doing it here, too. Now all of a sudden people are going, oh, that's not right. No, you don't say. But it was okay to do it there. And you know why it was done there, by the way? For the, for the, the producer of bananas. I kid you not. That's where the term banana republic came from that this new leader wasn't very friendly to the the banana company who had a monopoly down there and weren't taking care of people, mistreating people. It's been going on for decades. This country needs to revert. We need to come open, come clean, and fix this stuff. We're just no better off than uh, Russia. Anyway, I want to talk about Trump's promises that he's making on the campaign trail, predictions for 2024. I'll give you mine. Um, you know, I don't think it's all rosy. I tell you that. I don't think that at all. I've heard, you've heard me talk about it, but I believe there's plenty of room for optimism. So, what's Trump's message? Why don't we know? This is, this is um, a big deal in and of itself. Why don't we know? I hear these little snippets, you know, from the likes of people like Rachel Mankow He's got a plan, a fifty-point plan. Well, let's talk about it. Why don't we debate it? They're making it sound like you know, Hitler reincarnate is is back uh, available. I don't know. But either way, whether you like Trump, whether you don't like Trump, what would you like to see him do? I've said this. You know, that uh, to me, how are you going to deal with this debt problem? How are you going to deal with this corruption, corruption problem? The scariest thing that I see going on right now, the scariest thing about this election, is the fact that there are no issues being discussed. It is entirely all political retribution, fear, anger. It's not good. We don't even know what Trump stands for at this point. Well, you're going to find out a little bit today. I'm going to give it to you in his own words. Well, how does that compare to what the media experts are saying? The scientists, what are they saying about the future? Not good. I'm going to play this uh, Trump clip for you. And you can hear in his own words. Before I do, I want to mention a couple of quick things here. Talking about New Year's. I mentioned this uh, cordless little blender, smoothie maker. My wife got it for me for Christmas. I actually got another one because I want one a little bit bigger. And which is the only limiting factor I could say is it's kind of small. But I got to tell you, this thing is phenomenal. I can't recommend it enough. It's a game changer for me. For example, um, I take an apple put a little, little crushed ice in this thing, about eight, ten 10 ounces of water, something like that. And then I cut up an apple, skin and all. Cut it into little chunks, and I throw it in there, and I blend it up. And guess what I have? It's like watery applesauce, I guess you could say, but it's really tasty apple juice for your morning drink, and you're drinking your fruit. Easier to digest. I'm finding it to be phenomenal, even just doing that little thing with the apple in there. Anyway, I wanted to keep you up to date on that. If I have any more bright ideas on the Mini Mixer, I'll keep you posted. i got a big year coming up this year. Several projects that I'm hoping to launch, including my new book, which is hopefully just a few weeks away. Uh, we'll see how that goes, and I'll keep you posted. And I would say to you, if you're interested in updates on that, as well as any other projects, if you haven't already, sign up for my email list. I'm going to be sending out an email here probably in the next couple of days. Just to, I haven't sent out an email in forever. I've been really lax at doing anything supportive for the podcast. There's a lot to that I won't go into right now. But if you want to get the best updates, the best way to do that is with my email list and we can stay in touch. Uh, let me let me play this little um, clip for you of Trump. There's a little bit of background noise in it that makes it really muffled to listen, but I want you to hear it in his words. Let's... On my
0: first day back in the White House, I will terminate every open borders policy of the Biden administration and begin the largest deportation operation.
1: Wow. (laughs) That's huge right there. Huge.
0: In American history. And I will also use Title 42 to end the child trafficking crisis by returning all trafficked children to their families in their home countries, and that will be done immediately. They want to go home. They want to go home. Horrible what they've done to children. On day one, I will sign a new executive order cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender, and and other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content onto the heads of our children. And I will not give one penny to any school that has a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate. No mandate. I will immediately close the federal Department of Education, and we will move everything back to the state's where they can individualize education and do it with love for our
1: children. Wow. That's big stuff he just put out right there. End open borders. That was number one. This is all promises he made for the first day. End open borders. Deport all illegals. You heard what he said. Largest um, operation in American history. E- openly saying ending child sex trafficking. I don't even know if I want to know more of what's going on there. It makes me sick and our government's involvement in that. He's going to cut federal funding to schools pushing critical race theory or sexualized content. Cut federal funding to any schools with mask or mask or vaccine requirements and closing the federal Department of Education. Obviously, that was not a, a full list of his things, but you got a little glimpse the how radical he's looking to approach this. Do you agree or disagree with it? You want my opinion on it? <laughs> For the sake of all humanity on both sides of the border, this has to stop. Talk about a failure, all right? They, they, they got their test of open borders, and it's been proven a failure. Stop. It needs to stop. For the safety of everybody. Deporting all illegals, I have mixed feelings on that. Uh, we'll see what that ends up actually being. The ending the child trafficking, it was um, a statement from the owner of Pornhub on this, and they simply aren't doing enough. It's, it's absolutely disturbing to me. It really is, and it, it needs to stop as well. Cut the federal funding for schools pushing critical race theory or sexualized content. If there is federal funding for these priorities, then all other problems should have been solved first, starting with homelessness. You've got schools that – you've got a record number of homeless children attending schools. Big problem. Suburban schools, the kids are homeless, basically. Maybe, you know, couch surfing, living in a mom's ba- – you know, grandmom's basement or whatever – But they're basically homeless. Do not have a home of their own. But there's federal funding to teach them about transgenderism. And you wonder why the kids are getting messed up. Cut funding to any schools with a mask or vaccine mandate. I agree. You're responsible for your child's safety, not the the school. Closing the Department of Education. I couldn't agree more. What does Mike Flynn have to say? So here's Trump saying, here's what I'm going to do. You know, he's not painting us doomsday scenario. These are the changes that we need to make. Here's what Mike Flynn, General Mike Flynn, had to say. He said, next year, 2024, we will likely see the climax to a number of current dangerous ideas, events, and forces, which finally will either overwhelm us or be addressed and remedied. Incredibly, no one in the current administration has even tried to explain to Americans why millions of illegal aliens are exempt from the vaccine mandates, background checks, and adherence to the law that is demanded of U.S. citizens and legal immigrants. Our institutions, especially academia, are bankrupt and corrupt. This is a big deal. Our justice system no longer holds the trust of the American people. Our military is the smallest and weakest it's been in decades. Our election system and process are broken and corrupted by so many self-serving politicians on both sides. He says, we, the people, need to awaken from our complacency and stand up and speak out by getting involved in our communities like never before. Let me share with you a couple of things about this that I have repeatedly told you that will tie in with what General Flynn said here. As best I can tell, the demise of the colleges began with the implementation of political correctness. As a basis for acceptable speech and behavior. When Obama became president, many people were mocking his gestures and his way of thinking. I'm telling you, that guy, he put like a hypnotic spell. I saw it. I was working in government at that time, and I see people with their with their fist closed, but their palm up, with that and then, and. And, 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 and that's that oh, 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 Obama stutter. And and, and, and another thing that, 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 that we we must adhere to, our defining principles require us. And he just and people would, oh, oh, he said it. He said we're broken and we need to do better. It would be like, uh, you know giving a talking to the taxpayers like he was uh, some kind of Yoda. And people were just eating it up. Oh, this is what we needed. This is the leadership we needed to tell us everything that's wrong with us. (laughs) Okay. How's that going? But the, the colleges have gotten to the point, to me, it's scary. It's really scary for me to think of my daughter going off to college. It really is. The justice system no longer holds the trust of the American people. We now have the two-rule rule. rule. I believe that is in large part due to the Muslim influence on our systems. Our military is the smallest and weakest that has been in decades. How can that be, despite the fact that we spend more and more money? This got me to thinking, where does all that money go? And it got me to realizing that the bulk of it's going to these NGOs, isn't it? Just like this novel that I'm reading, $100 million. This is a fictional story, but (laughs) I think it's barely a step away from a fictional anything. I mean, for example, it was government money that funded the work in Wuhan. We're there putting money. And why would that be happening? Why? Because there's people like Bill Gates that could make money off of it. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to make a vaccine. We're going to reprogram people We'll make this problem go away. Yeah? Go look at your Windows operating system. It's about what you're going to get out of Bill Gates. But anyway, I want to make a point. There's money in the military. All this money that we're spending, and I think a lot of it is going. It's feeding economies. We're paying for pensions in Ukraine. People here don't have pensions? Wow. Tell me we don't have problems. We, the people, need to awaken from our complacency and stand up and speak out about getting involved in our communities like never before. So that's one. That's that's uh, Mike Flynn. I want to go through this write up with you. I hope you got a few minutes because this is going to take a couple. This was uh, a guy, a writer. This was republished on Gateway Pundit, which is where I found it. And this writer's name is Leo. Oman, I think is how you say it, H-O-H-M-A-N-N. And let me just tell you who he is before I get into this. Veteran investigative reporter, author of recent books, Stealth Invasion, spent the majority of 2017 among Amazon's top 10 books on immigration. He spent decades researching and writing about education, immigration, crime, politics, and religion. His articles have appeared on front page magazine, LifeSite News, Zero Hedge, Citizens Free Press, Te- Technocrat City News, Canadian Free Press, Global Research, Gateway Pundit, World Net Daily, and many other news sites and publications. Homan has been interviewed by dozens of local national radio hosts, including Laura Ingram of Fox News, Dan Horowitz of Conservative Review, Alison Steinberg of OAN, Larry Elder, many others. Okay, uh, But what does this mean exactly? You know, he's an investigative reporter. Well, on the one hand, there's not a lot of credentials here. On the other hand, it kind of reminds me of myself. This guy's been around a little while, and he's been watching these things that are going on, particularly from certain angles. Needless to say, that the Gateway Pundit felt that he had enough credibility to publish this, and you can decide for yourself. The first point that he makes is that he's expecting unrest in 2024. The year 2023 will go down history as a point in which the globalists completed the assembly of a massive secret army inside the United States in preparation for the final takedown of America, transforming it into America, A-M-E-R-I-K-A. He claims that there's anywhere between a million and a half and five million foreign soldiers already in this country awaiting orders. Does that scare you? It doesn't scare me. Then he adds this to the uh to this little storyline. He says, "What if all the weapons purchased by the United States federal government agencies were accumulated for the purpose of uh, arming uh, this assembled army? So remember when they like the i r s was buying guns and ammo and all these weird like why are they buying all this stuff? His theory is that they're going to pass these out to these illegals. uh It's an interesting theory. Are we being pushed into a civil war? And if we are, what's the argument? What's the end game? You're trying to rob and pilfer this country, maybe. He says that 2023 was also the year that they told us their plans in the wide open. They being the billionaires and multibillionaires associated with the Globalist World Economic Forum and the United Nations. They want a completely digital economy with digital IDs for everyone with no more cash, only digital tokens, meaning no privacy or freedom for anyone. They will know everywhere you go, everything you buy, everybody you associate with, and they will use that information to either reward or punish you based on your carbon footprint. Combining the dual tracking tools of digital ID with digital currency, they'll finally have a foolproof method of tracking, monitoring, and assigning social credit scores to every human being. Who walks the earth? The digital money and digital IDs will link up with um, an embedded and interconnected smart city technology being installed in nearly every city throughout the world. This technology is being installed by government contractors right under the noses of fully ignorant residents in cities of all sizes. It's for our safety, they tell us. In reality, they're hoping to build a population of cyborgs. Really? I haven't heard that said. The globalists already repeatedly told us in 2023 that human beings are no longer needed, AI is going to replace all that, yada, yada, yada. Also in 2023, they opened the gates of World War III by provoking Russia and trying to back that country's leader into a dangerous uh, corner. In the process of trying to achieve a regime change in Russia, they practically emptied out the munitions arsenals of the entire West, sending endless supplies of 155-millimeter shells, Patriot missiles, Uh, and other kinds of missiles, drones, and other key weapons to Ukraine and Israel. These stockpiles will take years to replenish, and nobody's really talking about it. That's the background, he says, that he lays out. Here's his specific predictions. Continued war on free speech in the First Amendment. The United Nations Education, Scientific, and Cultural Organization announced on November 6, 2023, that a global plan to silence free speech on the Internet was in play. He says that there will be a continued war on the second amendment. The latest scheme by the Biden administration is to use federal tax dollars to pay the states to implement gun control laws that they've been previously unable to pass. The death of the US dollar will lead to a death of brick and mortar uh, retail with uh, shortages of many common items as supply chain continues to erode and the economy slowly melts down. He's predicting major cyber attacks on banking and financial sectors. He's predicting continued lawlessness and civil disobedience. He says that there will be a wall started on the Mexico border, but not for keeping illegals out, but keeping Americans in. You're going to make us slaves here. Um, two potential scenarios he sees to Donald Trump. Um, either he wins, but he's never allowed to see the White House, or he loses and either way, he's not allowed to see the inside of the white house. And I believe, too, that uh, they're going to—I've said this—they're going to do whatever they can to stop him. Continued um, uh, fulfillment of 2 Thessalonians 2.3, uh, and increasing persecution of the true church. Continued ramping up of the government corporate propaganda campaign to push fear of viruses and sicknesses. Israel and Muslim enemies will ramp up their war in the Middle East. If you listen to this, if two out of these eight or nine things happen, you're talking about serious, serious issues associated with that. Let me just take a minute to comment on what he says here. First point continued war on free speech and the First Amendment. Um, free speech on the internet is going to die, I, I would agree. Uh, here's what I say. I'm even worried about the podcast, I haven't talked about this in a while. But as I see what's happened to the podcast, they're just completely shadow banned. And this podcast doesn't appear in search engines on any of the podcast platforms. And the way they've been able to do it, I saw it happen first with YouTube. It's one of the reasons I'm not on social media. It just gets completely shadow banned. And I look, I I was, I had uh, some hope with Gab. It just doesn't seem to have the traction there to really do much with it. And then you have Twitter that is seems to be kind of going back to the censorship model as best I can tell. And I'm looking I was looking at it this morning, like every fourth post was for some kind of ED drug that they're average. I'm like, this is just garbage, man. Just bad, trashy. I don't see it lasting much longer. And then you have so many choices now, and I predicted this too. You know, when it, when everybody was on Facebook, it was kind of cool. Now it's all scattered. I don't know anybody on Twitter. People tell me they're. I'm not connected with anybody. Nobody joins on Gab. Um, What's you call? It? What's the professional one? The LinkedIn seems to be more connected than any But anyway, yeah, they're gonna. They have to stop it. This little experiment that anybody, anywhere, anytime could say whatever they want and be projected around the world. It's just um, there's a problem with that. There really is, and I think that the, the fundamental question with this. You have the right to say whatever you want in your home publicly. But you don't necessarily have the right to use corporate infrastructure in order to carry it out. You don't have to be expected to provide that to you for free. So, for example, you could stand out on the street in front of a store and, and preach the gospel. You walk inside the store and start preaching the gospel, and they have every right to ask you to stop or leave. And they probably would. Because they don't want the disruption. It's not a place of worship. It's not your personal podium over there. Now, when you're out in the public street, it's different. The laws cover that out there. I think it's the same thing with the Internet. You just can't expect that free speech is really going to work in it. And I've tried to explain this. Not everybody agrees with me, but I use the porn as, well, fine, no porn. What is that even? You have to define that. And all kinds of, even this ED stuff. If I'm scrolling through this, this keeps popping. My daughter's going to ask me, what is this? I don't want to explain it. So I do see the continued war on free speech. Um, Even the podcast, that'll be next. They're going to clamp. This can't allow it. It's too easy. They lost control. The war on the Second Amendment, the Biden administration is providing funding and a blueprint through this office of um, gun control management that they put Kamala Harris in charge of. And they're already doing it. Uh, And it looks like they're going to have some success here in Pennsylvania, right? they got an ally with uh, Governor Shapiro. And I think they're talking about red flag laws and whatnot coming. And they'll get a little bit done. They'll get get inch a little bit closer. And they just want to make it more difficult, more challenging, more question of whether or not you should defend yourself or not. The global war on food and fiat currencies. The death of U.S. dollar will lead to the death of brick-and-mortar retail. So this is one of my bigger concerns as we move forward. I mean, the, the money, let me just see here. What the, did we cross the 34 uh, U.S. debt clock? Um, I was watching. I was, would like to have created a little, Now it's taking a little bit to get over the 34 trillion, but we're going to be there very soon. $101,000 in federal debt for every man, woman, and child in the country. Crazy, Really crazy. Total U.S. debt, $104 trillion, that looks like. What is that per person? It's like three times that. So there's like $300,000 in debt for every man, woman, and child in this country. How is that sustainable or even remotely paid back? But there's something else going on. That I'm hoping to get into a little bit more as the year goes on. Let me just mention it right now. If you go down on the uh, usdebtclock.org, down the bottom left side, it's going to give you a number the U.S. M2 money supply, which is dropping. And meanwhile, the U.S. Treasury dollars is going up. So what does all this mean? Let me read this to you because this is the, it's already happening. I don't, that's what I say. People think, oh, they're going to do this. It's done. This is the Treasury Dollar Act of 2020. The bill would convert the Department of Treasury's existing Treasury direct system of universally available transaction accounts and Treasury securities into a publicly administered digital savings and payments platform. A platform of this type is an essential public utility, hence a requirement of justice in any commercial society or exchange economy such as our own. Hmm. It, also, it is also growth-promoting, inasmuch as growth-tracking GDP is a measure of transaction volume, while transaction volume, in turn, is a positive function of speedier, more efficient, and more inclusive transacting. In this sense, the prescribed system amounts both to a justice gain and an efficiency gain. Hmm. Who's making money off of it? Uh, First, the Treasury is instructed to issue a new class of zero-coupon perpetual Treasury bill. The Treasury Dollar Bill, or Treasury Dollar Valued at precisely one Federal Reserve note per Treasury dollar. The Treasury dollar is deemed legal tender, sufficient to discharge all obligations, public and private, on a par with the Federal Reserve notes. It is, in effect, identical to the Federal Reserve note. Again, the current dollar bill in respect to all attributes save its issuer. You understand what's happening here? This is monumental. If I'm reading it right, the Fed is going away. The Federal Reserve is going away. Second, Treasury is instructed to add phone-accessible digital wallet capability to all Treasury-direct accounts, such as to enable direct peer-to-peer transacting in real time, both among all wallet holders um, and in between wallet holders and the public. The U.S. Digital Dollar Service, an executive agency housed within the Executive Office of the President of the United States, is instructed to design and implement the digital wallet capability in collaboration with the Treasury. In addition, all citizens and legal residents of the United States, all businesses too, will receive digital Treasury wallets, and all bank and thrift institutions will be required as a condition of chartering to afford the same access to ATM, e-banking, and other services to customers transacting in Treasury dollars as they do to customers transacting in Federal Reserve notes. What the bill prescribes is not as exotic as some might first think. In, in the roughly 70 years between the banking, currency, and legal tender... I'm not going to read through all this. with you. You're going to have to read it yourself if you're that interested in it. I got a little rumors of this going on, and lo and behold, I dug into it. There's a volume of information on this. Now, it's pretty freaky stuff, right? You say, well, what do you mean? And this goes back do you remember me telling you the story when I was at the bank, and they sent me a text I was livid? I'm not sure that I want a digital wallet. But let's look at this the other way a second. Why don't we want a digital wallet? Well, because we don't trust this good-for-nothing government. Why don't we trust the good-for-nothing government? Well, because they forced us to get vaccinated. It seems like they're the ones that made us sick in the first place. All well, it's different stuff. Of course you don't trust the government. But does that necessarily mean that this is a bad idea? Now, um, I didn't see if they're going to eliminate currency. I don't believe so. I don't believe they are. By the way, the other rumor is that there's going to come a date soon, and I think they'll probably do it under Trump is my guess. I think this is all getting teed up, and I think they're saying, you know what, we can't, we can't trust Biden to do this. I, I feel like that there's, there's a, a power struggle at play. You've got the old system, the old banking system, the the probably the Bill Gates, the WF, and you've got this, this new movement of independence that... Don't, don't want all that and they want, they want to make these changes I could be wrong about all this I don't know but let me just say this you say to me Chris you know, is this freaky this like the mark of the beast I don't think so I don't think so at all um, I do have concerns about it because I don't trust the good for nothing government either but if you've heard me talking for many many years I say why do we pay these bank fees man and if you're a business, and this could be a big part of what's driving this. Do you know how much credit card fees cost businesses? And it's it's just a, it's another tax. It's not Uncle Sam. It's it's anti uh, Federal Reserve. You know the government bends you over, then the Federal Reserve bends you over, then the insurance company bends you over, then the lawyers bend you over, and by the time you get done, there's nothing left. Sound familiar? Why are we paying all these banking fees? Why do we have these goofy systems with the banks? And some of it's just ridiculous. Now, obviously, you know, part of the pushback is the social credit score nonsense. And all that is going to serve to just open up more opportunities. What am I talking about? Well, let's say you like to drink whiskey. And under the new system, you're going to go with your digital wallet and you're going to buy whiskey. But <laughs> hey there, buddy. Uh, you're well beyond the one to two drinks a week that we consider to be safe. So we're going to affect your social credit score, then we're going to have a whole complicated logarithm for this. That, you know, if you drive and drink heavily and bada, 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 you're nine times more at risk for a DUI or something like that. And they're going to, You're going to have zero credit score. Right? Well, you can't have that. So what are you going to do? You start buying credits. <laughs> we did this on, the, on a cruise ship. My wife doesn't drink for us. Here, you get drinks. Give them to me. There was like a a drink cap. <laughs> we got around it pretty effortlessly. I don't see that as, as being what a lot of people would think. And maybe it's necessary in the cities. You say, you know, some of the stuff you say, well, you're not going to be able to get on the train because your social credit score. Some of these people, maybe they shouldn't be getting on the train. Maybe it's a different way of controlling that. Maybe it would be a better system. Um, I'm not trying to say to you, jump on board or not. What I'm saying to you is, it is coming. And, and here's how I guarantee you they're going to do it. It's going to. Um, they've already tested this. They're going to give you an incentive to do it. Like what? Money. And if you want to take it, you're going to have to open a digital wallet. Hey, open your Treasury Direct digital dollar wallet today. You're going to get all these conveniences. And you're going to get a, you know, $1,000, or or you're going to need it to get your tax refund or whatever. Freaky, freaky stuff. And it's coming. What it's going to come, what the final form is going to be, only time is going to tell. The good news is government is really sloppy and really bad at delivering things on deadlines. so hopefully we can push this out a little bit. We'll see. All right, here's what my, my predictions are for 2023, 2024, sorry. I, you could certainly put together a long list like our friend Leo did. Um, I think it would be odd that all those things would happen. I do think that there's a good chance there's going to be at least the perception of more conflict, higher security needs. These will be, as I'm guessing, probably um, you know very theatrical, well played out attacks on you know B-level cities, things like that. Not New York City or things like that. We'll see. I see food insecurity becoming a bigger and bigger problem, particularly with all the immigrants rushing in here. Financial planning being very important for the. Uh, Issue I just raised. Um, And I think that as far as preparation, the ability to ride out interruptions in service, whether it be electric, gas, food, that, you know, if there is a short-term stoppage for a million different reasons, that you have the ability to get through that. I would say this. I've been saying it. I'm going to continue to say it. Best thing you can do for yourself in 2024, improve your physical condition, improve your financial position. Those are the two things that uh, I plan to work heavily on. And what I would recommend as well. And I think if you step back, you say, man, these all be radical changes. There's always going to be. Uh, times are always changing. Yeah, some of it's not going to play out well. I'll leave you with this thought on this. I was looking through back a little history, and I've talked about this on the podcast, that there were people who were talking about the dangers of electricity. That there was, oh, you know, it's the mark of the beast. We're all going to be tied together, and you won't be able to move without electric. And, um, and some of it's true. I mean, it's led to the social media and people not getting outside. And if you really want to think about it, in some senses, electricity has been a problem for a lot of things. However, however, for those of us that are able to think on our own and adjust a little bit, It's also given us refrigeration and air conditioning and central heat and a whole bunch of other things that we would never have if we didn't have electricity. So stay on board, keep your head clear, and keep thinking for yourself is the key. But uh, what is this saying? Things are never usually as bad as they seem. Um, but they're never as great as they seem either. And I think the same thing is going to happen here. But God willing, we'll come out a little bit better than we went into 2024. Either way, you got to put a little effort into it is the key. I keep talking about that too. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, I meant that, really, tomorrow. I hope to see you there. Make it a great day.